everyone, welcome back to another episode of Pod on You Loons. This is Sam. Pod on You Loons, this is James. Justin, not here today. It is Memorial Weekend in the United States, and apparently it's a holiday in the Netherlands, too. We'll get to that in just a little bit, James. But I actually, I saw Justin this weekend. We were at Nate, uh, Portland Nate's house, watching the Champions League final, which don't worry, I won't talk too much about it, but I'm pretty, st- I'm pretty psyched still. But the three of us have been just texting each other all weekend trying to figure out when we're going to record this. You'd think with the extra day in the weekend, with the long weekend, you'd think we'd be able to find a time. But really, it's been impossible to find a time when all three of us are good to go. So anyway, what holiday is it in the Netherlands right now, James? So it isn't actually a holiday in the Netherlands. It's a holiday in the UK. But because of my job, I work with the UK. So I take the UK public holidays. So we have spring bank holiday. Yeah. Netherlands had a holiday last week. That is one thing I miss about the UK is they would just have days that were a holiday for no reason. They just call it bank holiday and it meant everyone had off. It was perfect. Absolutely perfect. They're not just taking off to celebrate Chelsea's second Champions League triumph. Nope. uh, (laughs) Congratulations. It was not a great game to watch, to be honest. I watched it. Yeah, I'm happy for Olivier Giroud. You know, had some success at Arsenal, was always a good player, had that scorpion kick. And uh, yeah, he's done some good things at Chelsea. So congrats. From a neutral perspective, that game probably wasn't the most exciting game of football in the world. Um, neither was the one we're about to talk about. But <laughs> Yeah, and to be honest, neither was the Europa League final either, which Villarreal beat Manchester United until the penalty kicks. That was when that got exciting. Yeah, I was going to say, making goalkeepers line up to take a shot, that sounds pretty cool. But All right, just let, let's run through the news. We got Callum Montgomery. Minnesota United has loaned him out to a team in the Canadian Premier League. We're thinking Pacific FC, but we know for sure that the team is in the Canadian Premier League. So Callum Montgomery... Heading back to Canada for the summer. Same with Nabi Kimiguchi. He is being loaned to Sacramento Republic, one of our first round draft picks. Pretty typical. Nothing nothing really jumps out. I, I, I hope no one's reading into it that he's being loaned out. And then let's just go over. We, ha- we had two Forward Madison games since our last recording. Forward Madison won 1-0 versus Union Omaha and then won 3-1. At South Georgia Tormenta FC, they have now won three games and drawn one. Next up is Tuesday, June 1st against Fort Lauderdale CF, the big CF in Fort Lauderdale. So their season off to a fantastic start. Those games have been entertaining to watch. I'm I'm loons until I die, but it was nice to, to watch a team that I cheer for put up three goals in one half. That was pretty sweet. Another team that has been very fun to watch, Minneapolis City. They have now won all four of their games to start the season after de- after defeating Duluth FC 3-2 at home. They have scored 16 total goals and allowed only two. Next up, they have Med City FC on June 5th. Another good team to follow if you want to see those Ws. But James, let's get into it. Minnesota United at Real Salt Lake. Saturday night. It was the night after Chelsea's Champions League triumph. So I was a little bit tired from that. 
It also <laughs> was the weekend after the last week of school for me. So I had our, our graduation. Our graduation was actually at the National Sports Center in Blaine. So I got to, that was actually the first time I had been there to the Loons headquarters over there in their former field. The eighth graders graduated on that field. It was pretty sweet. But that was a long day out in the sun. And then the next day, or not the next day because it rained all day, but then that Friday we took the eighth graders to Valley Fair. So that day was spent out in the sun for me. It was especially tiring. And <laughs> then, then we have the Champions League final, which I was excited. I get that from the neutral per- perspective. Not an exciting game, but I was excited. I was hanging out with Justin, hanging out with Nate. There's a Manchester City guy there. I didn't even know they existed. Where was he? Where was he when we had the podcast? We couldn't I, find I don't the Man know. City guys. Yeah, n- now I'll invite him if we do that again. But then we have an 8.30 p.m. game. Minnesota United. I took caffeine. I had I went to Hy-Vee and bought a more caffeinated beverage than I would normally indulge in just to be just jacked and psyched for this game. And it was probably one of the most boring games of the year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be honest, I wasn't up at 3.30 in the morning when it was on. <laughs> Didn't seem that exciting. Real Salt Lake pinging the ball at our goal and us scoring. And that was... Yep. That seemed to be about it. Yeah, just it wasn't. So right before our random bye week, (laughs) our loons played with so much passion. I was talking about how they they were diving for the ball just to save possession or, or to regain possession, just diving for the ball, just throwing everything they had out on the field. It just that same level of energy wasn't there for this game. It just was very uninspiring to watch. I did not finish watching this game feeling especially excited. I am happy we at least got a point out of it, so I didn't caffeinate up and stay up that late in vain. But, <laughs> man. And and then Reynoso wasn't even there. So it's like we finally have Adrian Huno, and then Emmanuel Reynoso not in the lineup. So l- let's go over this lineup. James, you want to run us through it? Yeah, so we fielded a 4-1-4-1. Uh, which is always interesting. Uh, Miller in goal, Gasper on the left, Debussy made his 2021 season debut, uh, Boxall and then Matinaire. And then we had Trap playing like a defensive mid, kind of holding mid role. And then we had Dodson on the left, Hayes, Gregush, and Lod was on the right. And uh, Hunu was uh, up front. And then uh, we had two subs, which actually was one more than Real Salt Lake had. Real only had one sub. And I had a friend of the show uh, hit us up on Instagram that we'd been pronouncing uh, Abila's name wrong. So it's uh, it's Abila. You, you put the pronunciation on the first bit. Abila. It was probably me. Just going to throw that out there. Probably wasn't <laughs> James doing it wrong. It was probably me. But hey, um, I, I appreciated I appreciated the friend of the show reaching out and correcting us so we can stop sounding like idiots. Yeah, so uh, well, at uh, least stop sounding like idiots for that reason. Yeah, true. Uh, we had uh, Abila come on, and uh, Nico Hansen made his debut for the well, club as well. Aren't you still do? It's Abila. Uh, Abila. That was how I was saying it. No, no, you were saying Abila. It's Abila. You got to put it, the pronunciation. This the emphasis comes on a different syllable. Oh, I thought he wanted it on the B. 
I believe. No, no. Huh. He might. Well, accent on the ah was specific. Abila. So, friend of the show on Instagram. I'm. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with James. But if James is wrong and I'm right, please let him know. Okay. <laughs> Abila. Abila. Okay. Either way, we appreciate it. So, yeah, thank you for that. We had two subs. Debussy and Hansen were announced as healthy pregame. Renoso and Finlay were announced as unavailable. Yeah. So we can't we can't field a full team, Sam. We're not allowed to, apparently. The MLS gods won't let us put our best team on the field. Yeah, our optimal team anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that would be that would be our luck, is that we thought we were gonna have one game with the optimal lineup, Adrian Hunu, which shoot, I hope you have someone on Instagram that is ready to help us with that one too. But we finally have Adrian Hunu. Fregapane had some paperwork issue. That seemed weird. I don't know. Yeah, but, it was, uh, some Argentinian but, paperwork issues. Yeah. So Fregapane had paperwork issues. We'll set that aside for now. But we thought we finally were going to have Reynoso, Hunu, and our, you know, for just one game and one game only, our two stars heading off to the Euros, Robin Lud and Jan Gregish, we thought we were going to have all of them in the lineup at the same time for just one game, but we're going to have to wait a little bit longer. But I mean, hey, didn't we talk about, didn't I say pre-game that uh, Adrian Honu would start? And you guys shouted me down like, no, we, do, we don't start new people. They always sit on the bench. I, I, think, I think he came into the country a little bit earlier than we thought he would. Yeah. I, I think that's what it is. Justin and I were just kind of going off of experience where we get a guy, they practice maybe once, and then we go to a game and they suit up and they get thrown in at the end. That was what happened with Reynoso. That is what happened with Abla. Uh, uh, now I'm, see, I went all <clears throat> leading up to this. I, I was going to put the emphasis on the B. And, okay. Sorry, friend on Instagram. So, I went, I went into this thinking that with Hunu, it was just going to be more of the same, and it was not. So, hey, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm all for seeing him start. That was, that was good to get that one out of the way, especially, right, especially since he hadn't really been playing with Ren, and we now have another, we have an international break, not just a random bye week, but we have an international break. So it's going to be a while before he's able to play a game again, so... It was nice to see him spend some significant time on the field. I agree. And it, uh, yeah, looked good. Like, there was a few interactions that he had that looked nice. Um, Chase Gasper, a lot of crosses. I noticed our crossing from Gasper and pretty much everyone else was pretty much going straight to the goalkeeper. There wasn't a lot of, like, good, like, top-of-the-box crosses. It was more just goalkeeper could come out and field it. Yeah, I think we looked good, though. I think uh, we played an attacking game, and even if it was was boring, I think the first the first kind of fifteen minutes of each half, we looked pretty poor. Um, I think our defense was tested a lot, but then once we got into it, I think we were I think we were okay. We just didn't have too many shots. I think we'll get into that a little bit later. I know you kind of just touched on it, but this was the first big question I had for you relating to this game. What did you feel about the addition of Hunu? I think it's good. I think it brings another dimension. I think it's also another kind of piece that we have that probably the MLS won't know that much about. 
Um, and to be honest, it's good to be able to put someone in striker who actually is a striker, right? Like, as much as I love Robin Lodd being up there, you know, the guy's not really a natural striker. So it's good to actually have someone who plays that position and, yeah, kind of can come in and gel with the team and, yeah, really make a difference. Yeah, I'd agree. I, it's a weird game to try to gauge what we saw because we, we just didn't see a lot overall, but I'm, I'm always a big, like, is your heart in the game? And I know all of our guys pour their heart into the game. I I know that there's certain days where it's more obvious than others. And I felt that he, you know, just watching him, right. He, he definitely wasn't that, that striker that was just kind of waiting for the ball to come to him. It looked like he wanted to be the spark for the team that didn't necessarily work out, but he wanted to be the spark for the team. He was working for it. He seemed enthused to get there and that's going to be what we need to really get this going. I agree. And um, we have a minus five goal difference, Sam. We're going to need to start, we're going to need to start scoring some goals from somewhere. So hopefully you can uh, start putting balls in the back of the net sooner rather than later. So let me ask you this then, because who knows now in, but right after we get who knew, we're about to lose Jan Gregish, Robin Lud, Juka Retila as well. Who are we going to miss most when they head to the Euros? I, th- I think I know your answer. <laughs> I, I think I think it's relatively obvious, but who are you? Who are we going to miss most, and why? So, it's actually interesting because my first thought would have been Robin Lud that we would miss, but you know we still have Ethan Finlay. Hopefully, uh, if he is available after the next three weeks, I think our next game is. So hopefully, he's recovered by them. Well, and Adrian Heath hey, did not think that Finlay or Reynoso's injuries would be long-term. He didn't sound too worried about it. He actually yeah. even thought they might be available for Saturday. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, last year before we put Lot on the right, we had Finlay on the right and we had Lot on the left. And that worked perfectly fine. And Finlay looks good, I think. I think it might actually be young Gregor who we miss the most. And why, why is that? So when we play our normal formation, like the 4-2... Three, one, like Gregush and Will Trap are basically that two in the middle, and you know Aussie's Aussie's a good player and Aussie's played some minutes this season, which is nice. But I'm not sure if you know, depending on how long Gregush is gone, I'm not sure Aussie has enough in him to just continuously play that because I'm not sure if we're going to miss Jan for one or two or three games, or could even be more if. Slovenia pull out like a Greece and do a miracle Euro run. <laughs> like I think, th- I think our defense is fine. Like I think we're not going to miss uh, Yuka too much, although he has looked good. But I think Jan Gregus is the one that we're going to miss the most, actually, because I trust Finlay to be able to to start instead of Lod and, and last and have the minutes and be able to be able to deal with it. So, I think first of all, I think our roster on paper was well designed to handle this, especially right. Like in the midfield with Jan Gregish, right. We, we have Will Trapp, we have Hassani Dotson, we have Ozzy Alonso, we have Jan Gregish and a combination of any two of those four seems to be a pretty solid option to throw out there. Yeah. And 
right? Again, on paper, heading into the season, we had Robin Lud and Ethan Finlay, both who their preferred position is in that is in that right wing. Yeah. We have seen Ethan Finlay in the right wing a lot this year. And, you know, mo- mostly because Robin Lud has been playing striker or elsewhere. We have a large sample size of Ethan Finlay playing on the right wing. And he is up there with being one of my favorite loons of all time. He is up there with being one of my favorite loons on the team right now. So I say this with the utmost respect for Ethan Finlay, but we haven't seen much from him this year. And I think he would agree that isn't a, I want to get rid of him. That isn't a, like, he's past his prime. That isn't a, you know, hang him up, dude. That is a, we haven't seen much from you this year. I still think you're an amazing guy to be on the team. I don't want you going anywhere. And I want I want us to kind of work through this run of just, I don't even know if bad form is the word to say, but just this run of not impacting the game. And it's it's for that reason, right? Like prior to this game, Robin Lud had been involved on four of our five goals. Now he's been involved on four of the six. Well, Ethan Finlay hasn't hasn't had that involvement on even the minimal goal, goal scoring that we have attained. So I think that is why I am more nervous about how do we cope without Robin Lud. That doesn't mean I'm going to not miss Jan Gregish, right? I, I wish both of them were with us all summer long, but I guess we'll be cheering them on while they're in the Euros. Yep, I agree. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to the Euros, actually. It's gonna, I think it's going to be good. There's some there's some spicy groups. Oh yeah. Oh, you, you want me to hit you up with a spicy group? Uh, the spicy group, James. The spicy group is. Uh, let me let me bring up the spicy group. Uh, I'll give you a spicy group: France, Germany, Portugal, and Hungary. Hungary is the least spicy in that group, but France, Germany, and Portugal—that's. Uh, that I is don't spicy. Yeah. I don't know who's gonna uh, who's gonna come out on top of that group. Also, uh, anytime you got England and Scotland in the same group, and Croatia, I think it'll be England and Croatia. But England, England, Scotland is always a good uh, is always a good match. Do we think football's coming home? We're favourites. Oh, really? It's, it's favourite. We're joint favourites with France. But I was going to say, how is France not the favourite? It's we're joint favourites to bring it home. Do I actually think we're going to bring it home? <laughs> of course. Who says you're joint favorites? Does BBC say you're joint favorites? Or does a non-biased, does a non-biased <laughs> website say that you're your favorites or co-favorites? I'm pretty sure it's a non-biased website. England's depth is insane. Like France's starting lineup is insane, especially in the offense. But that England depth, I don't know how you pick a team out of the list of names that I've been seeing. Yeah, I don't either. It's pretty crazy. Basically, it's France and then us are basically right there. And then it's Belgium, Germany, Spain, Portugal. And then uh, Slovakia, uh, 250 to one. So we might get young Gregish home early. Where's Finland? Finland's 500 to one. So Okay. (laughs) Well, I didn't realize we made such a big deal about five years ago when Iceland made the Euros and every, everyone was cheering for Iceland. Even here, that was a big story. Even here, 
Everyone wanted Iceland to win. Everyone wanted to see Iceland go as far as possible. And it was because, well, they'd never qualified before. And they just have this golden generation of Icelandic players. And not only did they qualify, but they're making some noise. Well, I didn't realize that Finland hasn't qualified for a major tournament in like over 100 years. Yeah, I was uh, I was looking that up, actually, because I was trying to find because I got a like a uh, an ad about the Finnish national jerseys that you can now buy them like the Euro edition. So I was trying to look up what number Robin Lud was uh, for Finland. And I was reading their history. I was like, wow, they've, they've literally like never qualified or like it's been so long since they actually qualified. Like I didn't even realize. Well, and I know that Finland, I'm guessing their population is similar to Minnesota's. I know it's not a big country, but just in the history of the Euros and in the history of the World Cup, I would have assumed that they made it at least once in the past hundred years, right? Like Iceland has like a population of like 300,000. Well, Finland's a lot bigger than that, right? Like Finland's not tiny the way Iceland is. So I am a little bit surprised to hear that. And I I don't know. I guess I didn't realize what an underdog they are. I just kind of assumed, yeah, cool. They qualify. Robin Lud's on the team. Good for him. This doesn't happen every time. So that's exciting that it lined up well for him. I didn't realize that it hasn't happened in his lifetime or even his grandparents' lifetime. Wow. Good for you, Robin Lud. Yeah. And and yeah, exactly. don't don't forget. And, and, and Yuka, yeah. I mean, look, yeah, like you say, Iceland about 350k, Finland 5.5 million, Minnesota 5.6 million. Yeah. So, man, I do Yeah, not. Iceland Iceland at the last Euros that hurt because they beat England in the round of 16, which was shameful. Yeah, and I cheer for England. I think people that have listened to the show know that. I if England aren't playing the US, I cheer for England because I learned to enjoy the sport in England. So th- that's why I do it. Football's coming home. I, I'm excited for it. I'll, I'll be so pumped if England actually lift a trophy. But with that said, even I wasn't that upset when Iceland beat England in the round of 16. It was just, it just added to the craziness that was Iceland that year. Iceland was so much fun to watch. The hype was real. But hey, should we get on to the next question? <laughs> That's what happens when we have such a boring game to watch, okay? <laughs> <laughs> we start talking about Euro 2016 and reminiscing about how exciting that was. It was. It was. I was in between jobs. I had, man, no one cares about that, but I had, I had left Madison to come back to the Twin Cities, so I had zero responsibilities during that time. It was great. Next question. What is the key to Minnesota United winning enough games to make it back into the playoffs? Well, like I alluded to earlier, we need to score goals. We've scored six in six games. Uh, so that like we're scoring an average of one goal a game, but we're oh sorry, we scored sorry. It was my math that was wrong. I put that in the notes. It was six goals in seven games, but I wrote it wrong. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, wait a minute, have we actually... Yeah, so we've scored six goals in seven games, uh, but we've let in 11 goals in seven games. So we're basically averaging about a 2-1 loss. I mean, 
we've been looking good last three games. We've only let in one goal. And I don't know if that's because Tyler Miller's back in the sticks or our defense just looks better or we're not getting thumped like 4-0 by Seattle, which probably helps. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we gotta we got to score goals. And I think having an actual striker now, I think there's a chance. And once we get Ray back and we have Ray, Lod, you know, Hassani Dodson uh, or Frank Pan- uh, Franco, Frank Pane, I think we'll... I think we should start scoring more goals. I think the goals will uptick. Yeah, so with 27 games left, which is still a lot of season, we are now to the point where I think it was extra time that originally said this when Minnesota United started the season with a big losing streak. They listed off how many points per game Minnesota needs to win the rest of the way. Well, right now with 27 games left, that number is at 1.59 points per game to reach about 50 points, which roughly is what the cutoff will be when all is said and done at the end of the season. And that sounds a lot. And that's especially a lot when, right, right, right now we've played seven games, we have seven points. So right now we're averaging one point per game. That of course takes into account the big losing streak we had at the start, but let's rewind to 2019. We averaged 1.55 points per game season long. In 2020, it was probably a little bit more goofy. Uh, just just because, it, I don't know. I don't even know if we want to calculate what 2020 was, but I'll, I'll do that really quick. So we had 34 points. We had 21 games played. So we scored, or we earned 1.61 points per game in 2020. Take it for what it's worth. The only reason I'm saying that is 1.59 points per game is not astronomical. No. A team that's going to make the playoffs, a team that is supposed to be as good as Minnesota United is supposed to be, should be able to, to come away with 1.59 points per game the rest of the way, especially with the incoming transfers that we now have. Lud and Gregish being away will, will suck, right? Not going to lie, that's going to suck, but... We should be able to handle that. What really concerns me, though, is the lack of goals. I feel prepared to talk about this because Minnesota United is kind of going going through the same thing that Chelsea is going through. Right? I'm a big fan of both teams, and I watch both teams really struggle to score. And typically, Minnesota United, as Chelsea has been since Thomas Tuchel took over, typically those teams don't allow many goals. And... It's kind of gotten to the point with Minnesota United where if they can get the clean sheet, they're probably going to win because they're probably getting about one goal in. But the real trouble for Minnesota United has been, well, what happens once the other team gets one past you? Because we haven't seen a lot yet to suggest that they have a strong enough offense to break down a defense that is now completely comfortable, just packing it in, riding the bus. Somehow that happened on Saturday night. Somehow Nico Hansen was able to get past them late. If you look back at the replay of that goal, it was not RSL's finest moment of defending, but somehow we were able to get past them. We took advantage of a lapse and we got that goal in, but we're not always able to count on that. And that is what probably concerns me most about this team 
Obviously, we really hope that Hunu, the addition of Hunu, the addition of Fregapane, just everyone being healthy, we're hoping that that wakes up this offense a little bit. But Minnesota United, right now, we're really depending on clean sheets. Baki Debasi being back is going to be huge for that. But man, that's what we're looking at right now. We're cheering for clean sheets. I agree. I also think we're cheering to score first. Yeah. Because I don't think we're doing that a lot either. But also one thing I wanted to point out on that points per game, you know, obviously we lost the first four games. So we're zero, we're averaging zero. Right. But the the last three games, we've averaged 2.3 points a game. So sure, that average is out. So at the moment we're averaging one point per game. But I mean, Portland, who are seventh, are only averaging 1.2 points a game or 1.28 points a game. So, you know, there's still plenty of season left. There is plenty of season left. I think if Saturday night would have looked like vintage loons, would have looked like vintage 2019, 2020 loons, and would have looked more like the previous two games, I think I would be more inclined to just forget about the first four games. But Saturday night looked like the first four games. It looked like uninspired. We're just hoping something good happens. It it didn't look like we were, we were ready to go in and pull off a win that has to change, right? Like that has to change before I'm ready to just chalk up the first four games to being just a rough patch because right. Yeah. Maybe there were a couple of moments in the first four games where we were unlucky. You got to say that, but right. The, the Nico Hansen goal, to equalize and allow us to leave Salt Lake City with a point. That was a little lucky too. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, if you look back, there was a, a lucky bounce and a lucky header. Or, well, the header probably wasn't lucky, but, you know, the goalie not collecting it, it bouncing off Nico, it bouncing into the goal. I mean, we take those, you know, sometimes sometimes in football you make your own luck. Um, oh, we take those and we love those. but Yeah, 100%. But we just got to get better at actually – we just got to score. Like, you look at the statistics. We think statistically had our lowest attempts on goal for the entire season. And one thing we've talked about a lot in this podcast is just how many shots we have. And we had 12 shots. So did RSL. But RSL had five shots on target. And we had one shot on target. And I'm not even sure that header counted as a shot on target because it went into, like, the goalie's hands, basically, and then came out. We had one shot on goal in an entire 90 minutes. And that's just that's just not good enough. That's just not good enough. You're absolutely right. So, yeah, I think this is going to be the shortest episode we've had in a while. We wanted to get this one out. We will be back sometime before the Loons play again. Yeah. We will be back maybe talking about the Euros just because that could be fun. James, what if we did like a, I don't know if you've ever done this before, but Doomsday Jeremy and I used to do this when we were roommates where we would basically, we would draft the team. So take turns drafting all the teams and we would get a certain amount of points for each game that those teams won for each round that those teams progressed through. The three of us, maybe even, maybe we could even invite Doomsday Jeremy on for old time's sake, but we could do like a Euro 2021 draft and kind of make a game out of it. 
I, it's still Euro 2020, by the way. Oh, they, whatever. They did all the branding already, and they didn't want to change all the branding. Uh, but yeah, sounds good. I'd be down for that. Also, have you checked uh, lately how you're doing in the uh, MLS Fantasy app, by the way? I I have not. I have not. Here, you check how I'm doing, and I will just let everyone know that the Loons play next Saturday, June 19th, 7.30 p.m. at FC Dallas. So another break, an even longer break. It's weird, right? It's weird because as the summer progresses, we're going to be having midweek games and it's just going to be seeming like we have Minnesota United all the time where <laughs> this this stretch, we're going on like just two games in the course of a month, which is weird. All right, yeah. Grant, how am I doing in the MLS fantasy? I was going to say the good thing for us is that uh, Dallas is, I believe, plum lost. They're the yeah, they're the only team that we're currently above in the standings right now. So we got a uh, in the Western Conference, in the Western Conference, yeah, in the Western Conference, yeah, yeah. The East is a bit trashier than us. Um, you are coming seventeenth out of twenty six. Oh, hey, not bad, not that bad. Uh, with three wins and four losses. Ooh. Justin is coming 15th with three wins and four losses. And I am eighth with five wins and two losses. And I was five wins and zero losses, but Renoso and a lot have tanked me over the last <laughs> couple of weeks because I had to remove them <laughs> while they didn't play. Well, I think everyone in that league probably has Renoso on their team. So, yeah, shout, shout out to Alex and Grant of the Dummy Run for letting us join their their fantasy league. So when we refer to it. That's what we're referring to. You know what we should also look up at some point? Uh, if I can remember what my login is. Remember when we started that Fantasy Premier League? Yeah, I think Nate ran away with it. Of like the people we actually knew. I think Nate ran away with it. I can look um, quick here. I'll look it up and then we'll never speak of it again. Yeah, Nate came second. Right, and so a lot of people joined that league that we don't actually know. So I don't so, count them. So I... Declare Nate the champion. Then it's Justin. Then it's Doomsday Jeremy. Then it's me. Then it's Austin. Then it's Buddy. Then it's you. Then it's Michael. And then Chad was Chad was dead last. Bring up the rear. I'm I'm not counting the random people that honestly, like a lot of random people that live in Africa, because you can kind of see where people are from. I guess I didn't do the privacy settings very well. Nate got mad at me for that because Nate took it very seriously and well, As and he did tell. very well and he, he deserves to be the winner, right? Because we don't know who any of these other people are. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely don't listen to the show. Excellent. Awesome. Well, uh, yeah, Saturday, June 19th is uh, FC Dallas and Euro start June 11. So yeah. maybe we do an episode before that where we draw some teams or we do uh the weekend of the first we'll games. figure something out school's out for the summer so i'd even be up for doing two episodes between the next time minnesota united plays we could do an episode just uh, just to draft our teams and then we could do another episode where we kind of recap robin lud and young gregish in action i don't know listeners if you have any ideas for what we could do over this international break to keep you entertained is that the word i hope i hope it's the word if you have any ideas, give us a shout. Otherwise, guys, until next time, pot on you loons. Pot on you loons. Peace. Peace.